Harry Hog Football, the original Redskins fans podcast. On today's show, we talk about the game between the Washington Redskins and the New Orleans Saints. And what a way to start the season. Redskins are 1-0, and as the fifth said, shock the world. This is much more live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Yo, 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 what's happening? Yo, 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 what's up? What's up? Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode. Episode number 300. What's going on? What's that, dude? I feel like I'm partying somewhere. Somewhere kind of warm and in the south. They right. have to play their football inside. It's oh, Marty Griffin. The Redskins go marching in. It's Marty Griffin. Oh, when the Redskins go marching in. Yeah. RG3. That number. He's going to score his number every quarter. Ah, uh, yeah. Go marching in. Go marching in. The Saints go crawling out. We got, oh, when Saints go crawling out. We got a big show tonight, y'all, because if you missed it, and if you're true Redskins fans, you didn't. The Redskins marched in to New Orleans and beat the Saints, who day, who dat, whatever it is, with a score of 42-32 in the Superdome. In the Superdome. Crickets. In the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Woo! Yeah, all I have to say about that is, woo! That was that was the most exciting game, a Redskins game, that I've watched in how many years I can't even count. It was definitely the best played Redskins game. And if you listened to the podcast last week, I mean... What can I say, dude? What can I say? All I know is that uh except so for that far, you it. are you I are called uh, it. I called yeah, it. I called it. I called it. I called it. Aaron called it in his precarious predictions. Aaron's precarious predictions are once again one and oh, just like they were last year. <laughs> and the, <laughs> anyway, um their skins. Go marching in. What a game, dudes. Seriously, <laughs> where do we want to start with this? Unbelievable. I think we need to start with thanking our longtime benevolent sponsor, David Lee of David Lee Legal Services. Yes, thank you, David yes. Lee. David Lee. I bet he, I know he was pumped. He's pumped. Pumped. Yeah, I can't, like Josh said, I can't remember watching a uh, better Redskins game, but then, like, the fifth said when he called in this week, the Redskins can never just win like without someone having a chance at the very end to come back. 
<laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, well, it's because damn Haslett goes out there and decides, decides to play prevent with like 11 minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. We held <laughs> the, their offense to how many points? Don't forget to take away that block punt field goal or a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, why are you changing what you're doing? Why are you changing it up? You held like one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL to what, I think it was 17 points at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point. And then, oh, oh man, let's let's start playing prevent and and stop putting pressure on Breeze so he could pick us apart. And that's pretty much what happened. Ridiculous. But that's a little nitpicky because the Redskins overall, especially the cornerbacks and the safeties, played beyond my expectations. Yeah, but I got to say, I was getting a little bit worried there in the third and fourth quarter. I got to say it. I didn't get worried in the third quarter. I got worried when they started playing damn prevent. What does well, prevent do? Prevent, prevent what does prevent do? Prevent you from winning, dude. Thank you. And it <laughs> almost did that to us again. We gave up one long touchdown drive, and we almost gave up another one. Well, Thankfully, Arakpo decided to go play swat some balls like some middle schooler walking <clears throat> by in the hallway. They still on scored that on that drive. fourth down. He was like, I mean, even the, yeah, but even so, at that end, like those last two touchdowns that the Saints made, they came down to fourth down both times, and they pulled it off somehow. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, dudes. In honor of in honor of uh, our three hundredth episode, and in honor of uh, the win against the um, Saints, I gotta play this. Here it is. Who dat? Who dat? Here it is. Here it is. Ready? That that. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. This is where they die. There you go. This is Barta. <laughs> what was that? That's from that's from the movie Three Hundred. That's from that movie Three Hundred, where you have that big old poster up in your in your bedroom, the dude in the uh, leather loincloth. The one you have up over the bed that stares down at you and Suzanne every night, with his mouth gaping open, his mouth all agape. His mouth all, all agape. agape. That's right. And he goes, Aaron, look at my loincloth. This is the Superdome. This is the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He yells, Aaron, ready your breakfasts and eat hearty. <laughs> for tonight we dine in hell in the Superdome. I'm just going to say one thing. No one except for Harry Hog Football gave the Redskins a chance to win that ball game. What was that? There were like so many people right. going against the Redskins saying that they were like going to be like 10-point underdogs or 17-point underdogs. I mean, what was that about? It's because Dude. these people look at last year and don't have a half a brain to realize that teams have done things to improve. And that we're right, much right, right. but dude, seriously, did, did anyone see us putting up 40 points? Did anyone, any of us see RG3 looking like a veteran? In his very first freaking very first game. game. Oh my gosh, dude. He looks so comfortable. Like, like another day. This is another day, you know. <laughs> I mean, you by freaking mind. Dude, he looked like he was born to be a quarterback. In the NFL, uh, son. I'd say that he was. And if it's any indication of how he, you know, I can only hope and pray with fingers crossed that he continues doing what he just, what he did, but. If it's any indication of what we're to see, knowing that he's a rookie and is only going to get better and stronger, 
Dude, I Man, there were so many things about like little things that he was doing that I really that I really loved. One Wait, of them was RG three. Yes, you mean the offensive player of the week? The yes. NFC offensive the player NFC? of the week. NFC offensive player of the week. Uh, Which has never congrats. been done by a rookie in their first game. Congratulations, by the way, RG three. He's uh we know he's a big listener, so we want to congratulate him. That's right. And um, there's some little things he was doing during the game that pretty much impressed me. One, did you see how he had already um, established his own method for dealing with crowd noise? He would like put his arm down when he was ready to hike the ball. He'd have his hands out and he'd put like his right arm straight down. Like you, he was already prepared for that. Did you notice that? Like, you, did you think that was him, or did you think that was the coaching staff getting him ready, or a combination of both? I don't know. I don't know either. It's not like he played in a lot of domes in college. And then, yeah, and then the other thing um, that I really liked, and this is going to be awesome going forward because he started with it with the first snap ever, is every time RG3 uh, snapped the ball, whether it was a handoff or it was a pass, or you know, a fake handoff. He always acted like he still had the ball, like did the Every same time. movement. And even yeah. if it was a pass, like a bootleg, or just even a regular pass, he would kind of just like run, pull down, and then act like he still had the ball every single play. So you never Dude, knew if he had it. He f- it he faked great. it. He faked it so well. Sometimes I was like, wait, oh, oh, wait. Like I mean, it. I was faked out on the TV watching him. I can only imagine, like, you know, in real life when you got all these guys in front of you being faked out going, wait a minute, where's the ball? You know what I mean? But then the beauty of it was he rarely even kept it. Yeah. I mean, how many times yeah, did he the, keep it? But the times that he did keep it were enough to keep them off their, you know, on their toes and off their guard. It was like, uh, oh, wait. No, he did, he did keep it that time. Oh, wait, no. Oh, wait, no. Is he going to keep it? No, he did. Oh, oh wait. Oh, he did keep it. I know, but the beauty of it, and I think Shanahan kind of said something to this effect in his his uh, press conference on Wednesday. The beauty is it is of it is you might only have have them keep it one time a game or ten times a game, and they don't know, and it's still going to keep the defense um, honest. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And you always have that with that dude back there. You've got that yeah. extra element that you and don't have with John's dog number eight. Uh, shut up. Oh, which we and, need to discuss, by the way. But oh, you mean Ocho Stinko, Mister? Inactive, not active, meaning third quarterback, Mister. Not active. That that was the second thing that happened this weekend that I did not foresee. Number one was Robert Griffin looking like it was a third year in the league. Number two, RG one was inactive, was in civilian clothing, <clears throat> not as in not even holding a clipboard. Yeah, he was on the field. I he, mean, he, he was did. on the sideline talking to RG three after the yeah. series and stuff. Very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, oh, and by the way, and that brings me to a good point, uh, playing off what you were just saying, Aaron. How is it that that's what you're talking about with RG3, with, with the, uh, the fake, like tucking the ball every time and having the same movement? Why is that so hard for so many quarterbacks, Rex Grossman, to do? <laughs> Anyone else? Brad Johnson. I don't know, but RG3 just looks <clears throat> so fluid in whatever he's doing. Golly. I know. Almost, I mean, it's he, almost yeah. like robotic, but fluid. I can't even explain. I would, it. I would place him at like ninety-seven to ninety-eight percent perfect on that kind of stuff behind behind his line, like the, uh, 
I mean, I mean, he had the one time where he like tripped and fell, but you know, over um, Alfred Morris. You mean, right? He he made a right. he, he made what I thought was one. a risky and poor decision to be to be a hero and run and block. I and thought that I, was awesome, dude. You might I think it was awesome, risky. but it's risky. But and it was awesome. But if he goes and gets hurt, dude, we're screwed. We don't need him doing that. I mean. You know he needs to be an NFL quarterback now, and not and not do that kind of stuff. And and I and I think that that was just in the moment. He was just like, "Well, I'm going to go block this guy," you know, and and it was awesome. But uh, I'm worried he's going to get hurt if he keeps doing that kind of stuff. I didn't think I, that I, that block was that risky. The way it was set up, though, he was looking at everything coming at him. I agree with both sides of that, and I think as he matures as an NFL quarterback, we're going to see less of that, where he puts himself in a risky position. Uh, the more hits as he takes through his career. I thought that was a definite man up play. You know dude, what I mean? That like shows his team game, that, hey, dudes, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah, exactly. Totally, totally. And that, or doing that, even though it was a dumb play in the grander scale, as far as if he gets hurt, we could be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a, he obviously earned the respect of his teammates by doing that. Oh, totally, totally. And, you know, uh, I mean, I thought he looked smart out there. I mean, super fluid, super smart. You know, by comparison, I don't know if any of you guys watched the Steelers game. Um, And Ben Roethlisberger looks like a big, big dumb lug on the field, like moving around like Jabba the Hutt or something in comparison to RG3. He is huge, dude. Dude, I mean, he's just as, like, cumbersome. You know, whereas RG3 is just so fluid and... I don't, I don't, you know, I watched Ben try to do a couple of those fakes and it was just like, no, no, he didn't fake me out. I know he's not faking those guys out, you know, but RG3, man, or as Larry says, Robert, Robert, Robert takes the snap. Robert. You're (laughs) seeing the damn highlights on TV and having to listen to the, uh, the radio announcers you hear and he's still getting stuff wrong. He's still a yard off all the time. Does he need glasses? I was like, I was like, sweet, six yards. And then he's like, and he picks up five yards on the carry. 88-yard touchdown. Hey, 89. Yeah, he could barely spit out what was going on. He was so excited, like frothing at the mouth. Dude, and he was like, 89-yard And he said, I forget what he said. He called someone by the wrong name. And he, he did what he always does. He's bad. He's bad at his job. And he's trying to get rid of Sam. And he's trying to get rid of Sam since he already got rid of Frank. <laughs> I'm I the it. voice of the Washington Redskins. All right, I'm the voice of the Washington Redskins. And Robert's under saying, center. Hi, no, a, he's still ooh. the shotgun. Not under center yet. It's like, Robert. no, you're not the voice of the Washington Redskins. You just got that job. I'm not going to keep going on that. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Larry Michael. We've got enough good stuff Here, to talk about. For example, all right. Yes, Robert Griffin III had an outstanding game. Yeah, yeah. outstanding. Um, I do have to mention two plays before I move on to other players. Two plays that I that I thought were outstanding. I'll start with the set my second favorite play of the game, and I'm sure you guys saw it. Roll out to the left, bootleg. He sees nothing on the left side. Turns, sets his feet, throws a pinpoint pass to Fred Davis, twenty some yards down the field, right at the sideline where no one else could get it. And it wasn't like he threw a lame duck, like, oh, like nearly like intercepted pass. 
Yeah. He put that right where it needed to go. Yeah. And it was probably like a 30 or 35, 40 yard pass because it came all the way across the field to get to him. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. That was my second favorite play. But my favorite play was when he, he ran out to the left and I think it was a busted play or something and he looked like he was going to run and he stopped and waited and Santana Moss came open like 20 some yards down the field and he threw it to him and it was like a 30 yard gain and it was called back for holding but they still got the first down remember that play yes uh that was my favorite play of the game it was outstanding (laughs) because most dudes would have just taken off and he like he saw, I think he saw Santana Moss was about to come open and then was like, I'm going to buy him some time, pulled it down like he was going to run again, and then that that in that time it gave Santana Moss the chance to get open further downfield, and then he threw it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. my favorite play of the game was that 88, not 89, yard touchdown catch and run to Pierre Garçon, who was not even the primary receiver on that route. Oh, yeah, I nearly forgot that play. (laughs) (laughs) The longest play for Redskins passing play since, what, 1987? Is that what they said? (laughs) Yeah, something Something like that. Like the 90, no time in 91, they had an 88-yard pass? With all those bombs that Rippin always threw? Yeah, yeah, that seems very strange. Anyway... Yes. I love that. And I love that one. It was, I think, in the third or fourth. It might have been the fourth quarter where someone, it looked like they totally had RG3 sacked. And he just spun around and, and I don't even want to say slithered out of the tackle. He just spun around and slipped right out of it, like all smooth-like. And then threw the ball there. I think he threw the, I can't even remember if he ran the ball, tucked it and ran, or threw, or what happened after that. It was just like, oh, he's going to get sacked. How in the hell did he get out of that? Is that the one where he ran for like eight yards, but we still had to punt? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. It, was on a, uh, it was on a third and something, and he got, I think it was three or four yards short of the first down, but he got a lot of yards back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty nice. That was, that was amazing. He just made an amazing, I mean, amazing plays for veterans. And this was his first game. First. Very first. Ever. Ever. NFL game. Ever. Ever. And it was against a decent team. I mean, their defense isn't known for being so great, but he had to go in there with all that crowd noise. He had to go up against the whole bounty gate thing, them thinking like, yeah, watch us. And he had to try to manage the game as well because they wanted to keep Drew Brees off the field. He didn't have any false starts. He didn't have any delay of games. He had, I think Drew Brees even might have had a delay of game, didn't he? And a pick. And he didn't have any picks more. You know what? What was impressive, though? What was impressive, though, was like the amount of. Did you hear him like chanting Griffin so much in the Superdome? Griffin, Griffin. Did you hear any of that? That's because all the Saints fans were standing there with their mouths all agape going, uh. <laughs> I no, saw, they well, showed some of the them like happened. shouting Griffin too. Like they were like getting into it like, wow, this guy's the real deal. They were That's, shouting it. They, it, they weren't true really? fans then because I would have never shouted Dude, man, most Saints fans aren't true fans. They're just there for the party. <laughs> Dude, you, you have to, uh. You have to recognize greatness when you see it, no matter where it Dude, comes from. Dude, I'll tell you what. If Griffin that, played for the Cowboys and they came in there and did that to us, I wouldn't have been chanting his name. 
I would have been like, uh, I would have been that's a, that's a that slightly, about to give him. That's a slightly different scenario, I must say. This is true. By the way, this just in on the Twitter feed. Ask Aaron where I should mail the Preparation H cream. Gonna be wearing ass for neck cushion from Grimm's Riders kicking that ass. <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> I think he's talking about the fantasy football. Uh, I believe he is talking about the HHFFFL. He says also, will the Haz's prediction about the Redskins D come true? Compares to Steelers D. Dude, I don't know. I don't like Jim Haslett all that much. I can't stand that prevent thing. Mm. What worked? We shall what see. worked the whole we game? Why you got to change it at the end? Yeah, why do you have to change it? It makes no sense. We don't want to give up the big play. You didn't give up the big play. I tell you what, they did a really good job of was containing Jimmy Graham because earlier on that game, he was a freaking beast. He was crushing our defensive players. He had one thing where like two or three guys had to drag him down after a number of yards and they still like got him down to like his knees or something. They, and they were, they were falling down like little Lego men or something. And he got up, and I was like, he should flex. And he totally flexed. It took, like, three guys to tackle him. And none of them, like, and he was the only one that, like, didn't even go all the way to the turf. He was ridiculously good. I couldn't believe they contained him after that. They did such a good job with that. And most of it was the pressure up front on Drew Brees. It was insane. The linebackers, Karakpo, they were outstanding. Cofield. Was pushing this the center back like every single play. Yep, all of them. All those guys were killing it. It was fantastic. And Dijon Mustard even had a good game in the back. Dijon Mustard. Dijon Mustard had a pick. Oh, and I know how much, dude. I know how much John dislikes D'Angelo Hall, but between him, he totally called. He what? Yeah, dude. I don't know if you're about to say this, but Dijon Gomes had that pick, and he was kind of on the left side of the field. And you could see D'Angelo Hall up in the top corner of the screen on the right side of the field, just putting his arm up going, come this way, follow me, follow me to the end zone. No, I didn't see that. And he almost got in. You could see him just wave his arm like, dude, this way, this way. (laughs) It was awesome. I was just like, dude, and D. Hall was leading the way. No, what I was going to say is that the top – the uh, our starting two cornerbacks, Josh Wilson and D'Angelo Hall, only gave up two completions against Drew, Drew Brees the entire game. <clears throat> yeah, D- um, hey, two. Talking about talking about picks, Dijon Gomes had one, but let's not forget old Reed Dowdy. He had a pick too. Yeah, Reed Dowdy also uh, got us a yeah. block. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was that, Reed Dowdy's fault on that, that punt. I, I'm I'm pretty sure, as in I'm 100 percent sure. I'm 100 sure. There's no pretty sure about it. He he, that was he Reed Dowdy's fault. That what happened, man? That was just, just like right up the middle. He just didn't block his dude. dude. He went left to like help block somebody else, and that guy kind of stunted a little bit and just came on on a slight delay. And yeah. Reed was already committed to help block someone that wasn't going to get there. He was like, oh, I'm going to help out over here. And the guy was like, as soon as he went left, the guy went right around him. And whoever was to to Reed Dowdy's side who had that guy was like, um, you're helping me block this guy, but you know yeah, what well, that means? That- led to Nick Sunburn getting his arm broken. I didn't even see how he broke it, but you saw on that replay he was holding it. 
He said on that play, he stuck his arm out on the guy that he thought Reed Dowdy was supposed to be blocking. And that's where his arm got slammed between one dude and another dude's like helmet. And that's where it broke. Thanks a lot. And he said he said he could hear it clicking when he moved his hand around. He could hear the bone clicking in his arm. (laughs) And he still played the rest of the half, didn't he? He went off the field and started going to the tunnel. And he was like, wait. The court, the, wait, there's only like 54 seconds. I got to go back just in case they need me. <laughs> and then I guess they put a damn, you know, bear grease, gris, uh, splint on it and like peed on it and then sent him back out in the second half. He played the whole second half with a snapped arm, <laughs> like a hairline fracture, man. They asked it. I forget I, if I, let's see if I can remember what his quote was. They said, did it hurt? And he was like, I forget what it was, but he was pretty much like, it hurt pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he played the whole rest. Was it his snapping arm? Um, I don't remember. Are you kind of long snap with both hands, though? Yeah, yeah. They said that once they put the cast on there, there was no way he could do it because they had to put the cast around to immobilize his hand. <laughs> so he that, that's why. Uh, well, we'll get to that in the injury report, but he played a whole half of football with a broken arm. That's yeah, Reed did make that interception to end the game. He did. But, but he cost us a long snapper and, and a touchdown. Points. So I guess it's a wash with the uh, touchdown, maybe. Although I don't even think Breeze had enough under that ball to get it in the end zone. No, it was right. It was right up close. There was someone else right next to him. I don't know. There were two a, Redskins a, there. Yeah. It's you never know. Those can it, bounce but... around and stuff. So Yeah. Those balls can bounce around. You never know what's going to happen to them. There's balls just kind of like, wow, dude, I want to talk about, I want to talk about time of possession for a minute here because what what was the total? Do you have that stat, John? Do I need to look that up? I know it was like uh, 40 minutes to 20, just a little under roughly. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was pretty uneven. And the funny thing was, is that I was looking at like statistics on like total tackles on the game. And when you look at time of possessions, it's pretty obvious. So like, Looking at defensive tackles, the Saints had 85 tackles on the day. The Redskins had 39 tackles on that the day. That means we ran twice as many plays as them. I know. So their deep their defense had to be tiring by the end of the uh, by the end of the game. Whereas we, I would say, were still a bit more fresh uh, when it came around to the fourth quarter. Oh yeah, quarter. because now, by as, the third and fourth quarter, that's when Alfred Boris, who'd been pounding it all day. Started breaking uh-huh. off some bigger runs. Yep, that's what we were saying. The big guy was going to go out there. It's like he wasn't getting much on any of the runs early on. But uh, uh, talking to Aaron, I think, Josh, I texted with you this as well. And it was like, you know, he's going to get there. He Just keep right. pounding him when you go. Eventually, he's going to bust through. Yeah. He's going to wear him down. Which is awesome if that works when you have a lead because then that helps you run the clock. All Brandon Jacob style, yeah. He was outstanding, yeah. dude. We cannot be remiss. But, he was only three yards shy but, of 100 but, this game. And he let, was a sixth-round pick this year. Rookie. Let me point something else out, though, when I'm looking at defensive stats, because this was what the other interesting thing is. With the, the uneven amount of tackles and time of possession there, the thing that was interesting to me, when you look at number of sacks, there were two sacks for each team. Okay, so It was both, really refreshing to see seven sacks, though. I can't remember the last time we had more than Two, or three. two exactly, exactly, exactly. There were two, two stacks for each team here. There were um, 
The, but the interesting stat that I found was the passes defended, right? The passes defended by the Saints were only two. Two passes defended. There were 13 passes defended by the Washington defense. 13. 13. How about that? Rackpo had two in a row. He did. He was slapping balls. I, like Arakpo, I said, like someone walking by another guy in the middle of a, a middle school. Arakpo had have, have three total passes defended on the day. And uh, Cedric Griffin had two on the day. Um, Stephen, Bowen, Stephen Bowen had two on the day. How about Kerrigan? Ryan Kerrigan had no passes defended on the day, but he had a um, he did have a sack. On he the had day. a pass defended, I remember. and he had two quarter, two hits on the quarterback. And he should have had another because there were one or two questionable uh, intentional grounding calls on Drew Brees. I thought he yeah. just like threw it down yeah, at the line. It was iffy, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's like that running back <laughs> wasn't there. <laughs> that one he where he just like threw it right it. down like a yard in front of himself I was like, but there was a running back in the vicinity he, yeah but he wasn't it, trying to get it to him pass. he wasn't trying to get it to him no he wasn't but you know anyway, that's how they were he was getting pressured all day until we went to prevent Yes, until we changed. And he was still getting pressured then, but not quite as much because our our front line was outstanding. Oh, um, Cofield was a few times I was watching him just manhandle that center. I love Cofield. He's not the biggest nose tackle, but he is bad. Yeah, it it wasn't like uh, Drew Brees wasn't throwing the ball downfield or trying to get it downfield, even if it was some shorter passes. I mean, when you look at our defensive stats, the uh, the corners and safeties had a lot of action as far as tackles are concerned. I mean, yeah. um, you know, between uh, Griffin, Hall, Gomes, uh, Wilson, Perry Riley, and uh, Madhu Williams, um, I think they, yeah, I think they had uh, 24, 24 tackles between the five of those guys. Perry yeah. Riley's a linebacker there. Well, that's true. He's the one, the one guy out of that that's a linebacker. So you look at uh, Williams, you look at Josh Wilson at cornerback, you look at uh, Deshaun Gomes at safety, D'Angelo Hall at cornerback. I mean, you start looking at those guys and and even even throw Cedric Griffin in the mix. He had three. Uh, he had a back. huge one too. We have yeah. to talk about that. He's the dude that saved a touchdown by knocking the ball out of the back of the end zone. Totally. That was uh-huh. one of his two passes defended on the day. I mean, they the defense That wasn't at, a pass at, defended. He caught it and then he made him fumble. Well, that's true. That's true. The 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 uh the defense as a whole though, um, on the day I thought played as a cohesive unit. And uh man, I mean it, it was just great to see the Redskins playing on both sides of the ball as a team. You just haven't – I haven't – I can't remember when I've seen it like that, you know, All right. in, in recent history. There's something else I want to talk about real quick. I love how Kyle came in at the very beginning of the game and they just kept throwing these, like, two-yard passes. Like, quick, 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 quick. Yeah. And the Saints were like, oh, like, what's going <laughs> on? They marched down the field in, like, 30 seconds, remember that, and then kicked the field goal? Saints. Yeah. We marched on the Saints. I was like, how did they do that? Because we got fast ash like young receivers finally, and we got a fast young quarterback that can do it. Rex Grossman's all like like deceptively slow. That's why. But it was awesome. Speed. 
We got tons of speed and people that know what they're doing. Yeah, not like a bunch of dumb penalties. Mm. I mean, there were penalties. Medea half Williams. of them, half of them were legitimate. <laughs> oh, and right. speaking of refs, what was up with that fumble that they said forward progress? Dude, dude, yeah, they blew dude, the whistle was... dead all like five years ago, which the NFL got rid of, or didn't get rid of, but they like made the referees stop doing that and like that swallow was the whistle. Up, man. That, that was, was messed weak. up. Yeah. I think we got it back. What was that call later, though? It was Pass like, interference uh... on fourth down. Right. In the end zone. That, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a little dodgy. I think we uh I think that was a makeup call on that one. It was a good one too. Uh, oh, and uh, speaking uh, of that play, that fourth down. Dude, it was like fourth and one. Yes. Are you there? Fourth and one. All right. It was fourth and one, and the Redskins threw it to the end zone. That takes some balls. 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 You know what I'm saying? I thought they were being... I thought they were being aggressive, and I liked it. It was great to see, it, you know, some of these fourth down calls. It's like, all right, let's go. Let's they went do this. twice on fourth down. I know. Made it both and, times. You know, I, I, you think about the past, recent, uh, recent history, say five, six, seven years ago. You know what those calls would have been. It would have been, it would have been safer calls. I think we, we would have seen some. Dude, all the way back to Joe Gibbs. You know how many times I wanted Joe Gibbs to go for it, and he would always kick it on fourth and one. <laughs> he always did. I'm not it's a gonna... little bit different league now, though. Yeah, yeah, because the defenses were bad. All right. Let's, anyway, um, do we need to take a break, or we got more stuff? I, I, I'm enjoying talking about this game. I mean, we can talk about a little bit more, I think, and then take a break. We got a lot of stuff we want to talk about here. Well, we, yeah, we need to talk about like the transactions and all that stuff too. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hit the second half. Okay, right. let me see here. Uh, okay. We need to go through the O-line report. They held yes, up. Wait, wait, wait. What? Um, what? Where's the music? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Franco-American SpaghettiOs. Show them your O-face. The O-line report. Sponsored by Franco-American. Sponsored by Schnell. Dude, is Franco-American even still a brand? Yeah, they make SpaghettiOs. Yeah. They still do? It's made in Italy. Is it really? No, I have no idea. <laughs> why, is it called, why is it called Franco-American? Franco-American. It's half French and half American, and they make maybe, Italian maybe, stuff. Maybe it's a... French-American-Italian food. They had that dictator named Franco for like four decades. I think there's a guy named Franco that goes to our parents' church. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, O-line report. All right, anyway, yeah, here's the O-line report. The O-line... Exceeded my expectations in this ball game. Uh, Griffin had a lot of time to throw. Yep, most of the yeah, game. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. I and they were opening up. They were opening up found, Columbus has found a new like life in his career in Shanahan's offense. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Starting with last year, I wasn't like afraid of the O line the entire game. They were just kind of doing their job. Schnell played an as entire as game. Yes. Yes. He his was, whole he and, was it, and it was the first day he played. Like he didn't even practice. He practiced like two days beforehand for the first time. Schnell, Dietensteiger, Schnell. <laughs> As of Impressive. episode three hundred today, I'm going to start giving a grade for the O line. And my grade for the O line was a B plus. 
bordering okay. on A minus. All right, all right. Because, well, I just I again, like you just mentioned, I thought they all played well. They gave Griffin lots of time. You know, his first NFL game coming in. I don't care how poised he looked. You know, he had to have some jitters deep down coming in, and you know, playing with his team, he had to trust these guys in front of him to block so he could do his job, and uh, they gave him that time to do it. You know, most of the time, there were a few instances where somebody got through. You know, or he had to scramble a little bit, or just the play didn't shape out like the way you know we we had hoped. But I think for the most part, they did a really great job. And uh, you know, I, I I hope that they continue to gel as a uh, you know as the the upfront line there and just uh, as a unit. Continue, as a unit, I was trying not to use that word again, but uh, uh, I hope they continue to do to do it and and to get even stronger as a, as a uh, as an offensive team. All right. Yeah, I mean, I thought they they played above my expectations. I'll say they're great. Every, pretty much everybody, the 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 weak spots we were worried about and and don't be, you know, the O-line, the DBs and the secondary and we'd be remiss not to talk about Aaron's dog, Billy Cundiff. Dude, he is not my dog. First of all, dude, you were defending him the whole game because I was like, he's gonna blow it for us. He's gonna suck. He didn't. He was perfect he on the day. He was four for four plus. He hit all his extra points too. And didn't he hit all of his touchbacks? Dude, maybe one or two. One or two. Yeah. Did he have one short, short one? I don't think so. I think they had one that they brought out from like eight yards deep. Yeah. Uh, his longest field goal was forty-five. 45 yards and None of uh, yeah if, if you look at him you know look at points that he puts on the board for the Redskins in this game 16 points so you know if you take all of those away and not and not discounting the extra points uh you know there, there's 12 points in in field goals there that um that's the difference in the game if the Saints scored exactly like they did so I yeah. I'm happy to have him have this guy that that went four for four i hope his accuracy continues and that we keep to see we keep on seeing more of this from uh from Cundiff. back to his pro bowl form right um and none of his field goals looked scary except for the first one you were like that was kind of at the edge and some that people, was, some that people was were tweeting there. saying that it lo- i think it was kenny kin said from his angle it looked like it was uh not in but huh i think he might have been at the game Someone that was tweeting this was at the game. I don't think it was Kenny Can. Kenny Can. Not sure. <clears throat> I don't know. Kenny. Anyway, um, Kenny. since we're, since we're talking about kicking, we may as well talk about Savaraka. He had uh, three punts for 139 yards. He averaged 46.3 yards per punt, and his longest was a 58 yarder. And um, you know, I I think we've got a solid punter. We continue to see that in Savaraka. Now, no. dude, he was solid all last year. You're just yep. defending him because the other the few weeks ago you were like, "Dude, he sucks." Hey, I like the fact <laughs> I like the fact that he can get like way out there and play his Australian football rules and still get that ball off, man, and move. I mean, he can yeah, move. Was, yeah, but it didn't count because there's like ten men downfield at least. I know, right? It's a, that was it a funny matter. one though. It was pretty cool to see it. I mean, he was like, "Oh, oh, I crikey, I'm gonna run over here and punt this thing." Well, today. What? Oh, crikey. Wallaby. Hey, we still got to do it over by that penalty, you realize. Uh, it's a quagmire yeah. back here. It didn't get, I mean, it didn't it. get blocked. So even though we got a penalty on it, 
it could have been a lot worse. Oh yeah. By him doing that, instead of just standing there instead like an of idiot, standing there and getting blocked or something, yep. He kicked it down there. We just got a five-yard penalty and got to re-kick. He had the wherewithal to say "crikey" and throw his cigarette down, stamp it out, run over to the side, and kick the ball off. I mean, <laughs> crikey! <laughs> stamp it out before stamp it, it caught the astroturf on. That's top. right. You don't before want to start burning that the, down there. You don't want to That's melt right. the astroturf. You don't. You don't want to start a blaze in the outback. <laughs> you don't want to start a Bobby Bobby in the outback. The Outback is made out of uh, used tires. All right, well, let's go into the injury report. This thing is already getting really long. All right. Some of us uh, have to work in the morning. Yeah, not me, though. Except that Injury you. report. Injury report. I haven't yeah. got time for the pain, but let's talk, talk about, let's talk about old Nick Sunberg since he's the man of the hour. How about that guy? Talk about toughness. Nick Sunberg. Nick we, Sunberg. We on we don't even know this during the game right it didn't even come out during the game i saw him holding his arm they they said it during the game i think that he, had, I he was injured but they didn't say he broke his freaking arm right and then he like and then Shanahan a a broken arm. anyway yeah. the, the redskins have designated sunberg for return under a new nfl rule that allows each team to reactivate one player per year from ir so he has to miss at least six weeks of practice and at least eight games, and then he can come back. They've so already designated him as the guy. I mean, well, I was really surprised to see that. They can't change their mind. Like, say, Garcon, whose foot's injured. I guess we'll talk about that here in a minute. Say he needed to go out for, like, five weeks. They're going to say the long snapper. Is I mean, guy. I mean, come on. If Sunberg played this game with a broken arm and he wanted to play, do they have to make him sit out? Can he play it with a broken arm? Or is it because he has a cast on he can't play? It's because of the cast. He is the cast is over his hand. So because his hand movement affects the uh the healing of the bone. The ulna. What's the word on Garcon today? He did not practice. Or he was very, very, very limited, I think. That's not a good sign. It's Thursday. <laughs> I don't know. We'll there see. goes my fantasy game this week. Well, you go you better get your butt on there and pick up Aldrick Robinson who filled in quite admirably. I mean, he's no Pierre Garçon, but he filled in yeah. quite admirably and scored a touchdown. Yeah, he did yeah. pretty well. Uh, yeah, apparently he was very limited today. He said uh, that he, he had to go receive some treatment or something like that. But he did say, and I quote, feeling good, feeling good. But he, uh, who Shanahan did Garçon? Yes, yeah, Garçon. But Shanahan did say that Robinson could start if Garçon can't play. So uh, you might want to take John's... Uh, Advice. Oh, Aaron. by the you way, need the handcuff people. You need the handcuff of Aldrick Robinson. That's an interesting <laughs> point, though. I mean, Garcon had that huge start to the game. They had like three catches in a row and the 88 yard touchdown. And then he hurt his foot. And we didn't see him the rest of the game, but it was almost as if there was no letdown. It wasn't like, oh, crap. Almost. Our only almost. receiver. He did come back injured. in for like a play. But yeah. Yeah. Like, and that goes back to. The fact that we had to actually cut some talented receivers for once. Yeah, because I didn't even realize he wasn't out there. Like a few years ago, you know, if Santana Moss would have got injured, we'd be like, we don't have anyone for them to throw it to. Anyone. Or last year. Or last year. Jabber. We got Jabber. Slow ass Jabber. He had a good year, though. Jabber. Ass Rex Grossman that he went to college with. I'd also be remiss if I didn't point this out about the game. That Jimmy Graham dude is like insane. Didn't I just say this? You did? No, you didn't. Huh? 
Jimmy Graham, the tight end for the Saints. Yes. The guy I said that like dragged three of our players down and barely went down to his knees, and I was like, man, he needs to get up and flex. That was bad as hell, and he got yeah, up that was... flexed. Yeah, that, yeah, I yeah. totally talked about well, that. Yeah, even, John talked about that. Yeah, and London Fletcher had like perfect coverage on him a few times. It was just like perfectly placed in there. Dude, speaking yeah, of I London believe Fletcher, they, I don't know how they stopped him, but they did. Speaking of London Fletcher, what was that play where he came flying across? Do you remember it? He was all bad. He was all bad. The one where he like got excited and pumped up afterwards. He was, was right like, yeah. in the middle, like trying to push through the middle, and then he bounced out to the outside and made a tackle way off on the side. Yeah, against some oh, yeah. fast person. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I forget what it was. But at the and time, part of I was like, because oh, the, the front, the guys in front of me were able to string the play along as well. All right. Yeah. Yes. A group well, you, effort. So then it was great as usual. You dudes are totally getting off topic talking about injury report here. Do we have anything else for the injury report? Yeah, I can't we, remember. We got um, oh Bernstein. Sorry, we got yeah. a, what's his name Jordan Bernstein. We signed a, a Jordan today to take the place of Jordan, I believe. But Jordan Bernstein, he's uh, going to be gone for the rest of the season with a severe right knee injury, is what uh, what they're saying. But um, I, I guess that right. the MRI had not been done yet when. Uh, when this information came out the other day, but they're saying there that uh, he tore the ACL, MCL, and PCL in his right oh, knee. Geez. Yeah, Shanahan said that in this press conference. He was basically like ACL, MCL, PCL, basically. And then he was like, pretty much everything. Pretty much the knee is busted. <laughs> it's just, yeah, uh, hopefully he'll be able to come back because Shanahan was, was giving him some high praise about how he made the team and, yeah, stuff like that. Dude, so. That's one of those injuries, man. When you have a bad knee injury like that and it happens on the field, you know something's wrong when you do it. And you're just like, crap. You uh, you just got to wonder, you know, you feel bad for the guy if his heart's sinking, man, thinking, yeah. well, is that is that my career? You know, so we, we wish him the best and hope that uh, he, he heals quickly and uh, can make a return, if not to the Redskins, at least to uh, to a football career. So we hope, uh, we, you know, we wish him all the best. Um, who else? Who else is hurt? Brandon Merriweather. Still. Yeah. What's still, he? What's his deal? I believe it's a knee sprain. I think. Is that right? So we're down a safety. We're already down a safety again. It's like in two weeks we lost two safety, three safeties. Brandon Merriweather uh, has a sprained knee. He did not practice today, which is Thursday. So he's not we'll playing. Is he questionable? I don't think we're going to see him till like four, week four. I don't know. We'll see. I think that's about it, um, and, and that kind of transitions into um, to some of the acquisitions, I guess, because uh, with Jordan Bernstein gone, we picked up another Jordan today, right? Jordan Pugh. Is that Jordan right? Pugh. I mean Pugh. Let's just all right. Let's the Washington Redskins are going to toss Harry Hog football a nice underhand pitch with this guy's name. <laughs> I know, right? There's a softball Pugh. flying up in a nice, pretty arc. You've got Jordan your metal bat. And Let's just say this, Jordan. We hope you play pretty well. You better. Pew. Chaotic funk. Pew. Pew. All right, yeah, we signed that guy. We signed a new long snapper named Justin Snow, um, who used to play for Indianapolis for a long time. And yeah. we signed that guy from Navy, that Dude. the Navy itself would not let sign with New England when he came out of college, but they gave him a waiver this year for er, like an early uh, 
an early release from the military service he had to do for by going to Navy. Yeah. And he went to New England this year again, and he tried out, and they cut him. Oh, man. So man. we signed him to the practice squad. Dude, talking yeah. about Ju- Justin Snow in Indianapolis, when they got that new stadium, they would close the roof, you know, uh, on the real bad inclement weather days in the winter. Um, I think that's part of the reason he left, and he wants to come. He's happy to be in Washington because he plays well, but he typically only plays well just in snow. Oh, man. Well, it's too damn bad Sunberg didn't break his arm in November. <laughs> Sunberg. Sunberg. Take it. Be here all the week. And, and we signed and dropped some dudes from the practice squad, but we're not going to get into that. I think it's time for the break. Yeah, it's time break. for the break. We break, got, break, break. It's actually time to end the podcast, but we'll go to the break, and then the second half of the show, we'll speed it up a bit. Break, break, break. All right, we'll talk to you guys after break, 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 break. Sure. this you're listening to Harry Hog Football. Is someone you love in trouble with the law? Maybe your child or grandchild has been charged with a simple traffic offense, a DUI, or reckless driving. Or a simple misdemeanor, assault, shoplifting, or indecent exposure. Perhaps it's a much more serious felony, murder, drug possession, or distribution, or even a third offense, DUI. Charges like these often leave you asking questions. Who do you turn to for help, and what happens next? The fact is, every case is different, and many require tough choices. Every case is different. To best guide you to the best possible place, you need a seasoned professional. Consider David Lee. He's been practicing criminal and traffic law in the state of Virginia for over a decade and has handled thousands of cases for thousands of clients. David Lee is based in southeastern Virginia, but for the right price, he's ready to travel to any corner of the state, including Ashburn. So if you or someone you love is in trouble with the law, call David Lee today at 757 257-959-9377. That's 757-259-9377. Hello? Yo, 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 yo. We're back. We're back. And we're not going to make you guys suffer through very much more of this. Because I know you're getting pumped about the next game already, especially you, Will, the fifth, called in again. He was pumped. Dude, he should be pumped. We're all pumped, but we do need to temper our our pumpedness. Oh, we are so pumped. Oh, wait. I know you can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait for week two. But like Will said, and I have to concur on this, Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned about the, all this hype from one game. And the Rams, all right, here it is. Every time the Redskins should probably not do so great, we play really awesome. And every time you think they're going to win, they play crappy. I thought they were going to win this game. I'm just saying. So, so did you, according to your predictions. How did you fare against your prediction this past week? I did pretty good. I said it was going to be a barnstormer. It yeah. was a barnstormer. But I think I said it was going to be like 
uh, what, like 31 to 24 or something. It was a ball stormer. Ball. Hey, uh, so for the sake of time here, because we are getting along, John, what's what's happening with the uh, Harry Hog Football Fantasy Football League? Well, let me tell you real quick. In the HHFFFL, the annual HHFFFL, uh, the winners were Virginia Beach Balls. That's yours truly. Staten Island Fairies. That's Aaron. Knights who say RG3, past champion. Southside DC and the Grim Stash Riders. The losers were Pain in Uranus, Abergorky Warriors, past champion. Type 42 Rocks, Galapagos Grizzlies, and Rigos Rangers. Man, I love that t-shirt when I had that back in the 80s. That, 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 that burger, or a, it was like camouflage. It said Rigos Rangers on it. Made you feel like you were in the army when you were like eight. It was awesome. Dude, Dude. can we get a retro version of that? What do you think? I, every now and then I see one. I have a I have that saved as a search on eBay, and every now and then one pops up, but it sells for like forty dollars, and you can't and they don't fit like anyone bigger than a twelve year old. We we can make a reissue. That'd be sweet, John. I love that shirt. Yes. You didn't say when you were reading the list of winners. Yeah. Staten Island Fairies, current champion. Oh, that's right. Sorry about that. I I, I failed to mention <laughs> Staten Island Fairies are the uh, the current current. Reigning champion. champion. The Staten Island Fairies are the current champions. Oh, that would be Aaron. All right, dudes. John the Fairy Boy, the captain. Let's move forward. In case you guys didn't catch the new ph- phenomenon, Arr. which is the sweeping sh- the nation, there is sweeping something the that's... Sweeping the social media outlets of the nation. If you'll remember, if you'll remember at, on the 88-yard touchdown pass, because how could you forget Griffin mm-hmm. looking up from his seated position after getting knocked on his butt, as he said. Seated. And had his arms up in the air as if to say, yes, we got to touch it. Arms up, but more importantly, the one finger on each hand pointing outward. So people pointing. are taking pictures of themselves doing this, the whole planking. and It yeah, like started with, with those people in the airport. It was in the Washington Post. They took a right. fantastic photo of it. And those people in the airport, I don't know if it was those four people that had the RG3 signs and the big head of his that were sitting in the front row. In the right. me, in the uh, metronome and in, in the Mercedes Benz, the Mercedes Benz Schnell Superdome, but uh, they look like the same people sitting in the airport. And you could see them um, looking up at the uh, the arrivals and departures screens doing that, and it just took off like wildfire. Dude, it, it smacked up on Instagram and uh, and Twitter quite a bit. And so if you're on Twitter and you look for hashtag Griffining or Instagram for that matter, you'll get a load of photos of people just doing it all over the place. So uh, send in your Griffining photos. It's pretty, it's, it's uh, it's pretty cool stuff. And in his interview, RG3 said he thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. So something about, uh, I think it's pretty funny how I can get knocked on my butt and people <laughs> will do that or whatever. Man, dude, I tell you what, I hope he can keep it real like he is right now and like he has been so far. I really hope he keeps it real and he stays the way he is. Anyway, all right, yes. I have to say, though, I have to say, and and uh, the fifth got into this, too. I'm a little concerned about this game this week. I'm just going to say it. It's a trap game. All this hype about one <laughs> game. trap game. All this hype about one game. <laughs> I don't want it to go to the Redskins' heads. Where are we playing this week? In the, in the uh, Ed Norton Jones Dome. Yeah, so here's my question. When's Josh, the last time we opened the season two domes in a row? I don't know, but Josh, all of a sudden your mic's starting to sound pretty interesting. Are you up? Are you close to it? Or did you change? I'm anything? up close to it. Is this good? 
Uh, it still sounds muffled, but okay. We'll just finish I don't know what to tell you. You, you sound like you're time? on the phone instead of on Skype. Yeah. When's the last time we started two domes in a row to start the season? Ever? Ever. I have no 2012. idea. 2012. <laughs> All right. I know is that me and John went to that game in St. Louis thinking we were going to win, and we did Golly. not. Golly. And well, I, I, were we down by like two touchdowns after the first quarter? Yeah, it was horrible. It was, it was horrible, kind of and all the fans there sucked, and they hate Steven Jackson because he's black. <laughs> what? They do. They're so racist. Dude. All right. You're generalizing. The I'm fine generalizing about the fans that are in Seriously. the stadium in St. Louis. Missouri. In Missouri. Well, at least in that club level yeah, where we were Yeah, take it, Missouri. At least in the club right. level where we were seated. Okay, so they, they were kind of well-off racists. Okay. All right. Anyway. Uh, to, be, to be less generalizing. Not to get off topic, we talked about the Griffin thing be funny, though, but uh, how about the funny thing with, what's that guy's name, Sean Sheriff, down in uh, Dallas? Oh, man, that guy. The, the radio he guy? He work for 106.7? Right. And now he's the ho- co-host of New School on the Cowboys, um, on the Cowboys' uh, flagship station, 105.3 The Fan down there, I believe. Right, uh, but he's a Redskins fan. Yes, he is. He grew up on the Eastern Shore, actually. Right. And he uh, sang to to uh, Jerry Jones, Hail to the Redskins, the other day, while Jerry Jones was on for an interview. He was. Yes, he sang yes. it the day before, and then he sang it when Jerry Jones came on. And I couldn't believe, because they own that station, from what I, I believe I read. And, Cowboys do? Which means Jerry owns that station. Which means and he I hired believe, a Redskins fan. I couldn't believe that the guy survived the interview. I couldn't believe he didn't fire him right on the air. Dude, it's pretty short. You want to hear it? I can play it right here. No. You got it. I got it. I got it ready to go. Here we go. We Let's... have non-exclusive audio right here live oh, wow. on Harry Hog Football. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, here we go. He played the Hail to the Redskins fight song yesterday on the show. Oh, my God. Sing it with me, Jerry. Come on. It's uh, terrible. Redskins, hail, You're Jerry, isn't, couldn't I do that yesterday on the Home of the Cowboys? Isn't that justifiable for one day? Well, let me just say this. You, you've lived up to your expectations of competence and mental... Ah! Jerry just called yeah, him an idiot. idiot. Yes. You, he is an idiot. I... <laughs> and there you have it. Good response from Jerry, <laughs> I think. I guess so, but if you continue to read the... Uh, the transcript from Jerry Jones, dude. Where did I, yeah he, through the Davit school system? I mean, he was like, um, yeah. What did he say? What did he say? He said uh, that he was talking about Robert Griffin the third. He had mentioned it, and he said, "Well, I was very impressed, and he certainly showed a lot of poise. They had him game planned really well to do kinds of things that he does good." And his athletic ability, his speed, all that is something I don't look forward to the Cowboys competing against for a lot of years. I think he basically watched that game and just went, Oh, no. Oh, no. I think he said, Oh, my. Oh, my. As a matter of fact. I I think think Jerry Jones said, Oh, my. I, I think Jerry Jones is like, Oh, my. I'm in trouble. I should have gone after that guy. I should have tried to get him. I knew I knew Romo wasn't the answer. I knew all <laughs> along. I knew it. I knew all along. Romo's like toilet paper. I'm ready to wipe with him and well, toss 
some aside. Well, like the for the first time in what twenty one years, the Redskins have a quarterback for one game. For one game, guys, chill out on this. You're jinxing them. You're jinxing them. One game, and they did ask Jones, Jerry Jones, how much trash talking Dan Snyder was going to do now that uh, now that he's got a franchise quarterback in Washington. And Jerry Jones said, I don't know about that. I don't give him much opportunity to trash talk me. These things do hang up, don't they, these phones? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right, let's get. We got to get through our games and kicks. We're already over an hour on this thing, so don't. Let's kick it. It's an exciting week, though. Number three hundred to go a little long. Here we go. Games and kicks. Hit it, Aaron. Do it. Kicks. It's time for this week's kicking the balls award. All right. Kicking the Balls Award. Who wants to take it away? Mercedes-Benz. Um, I'm going to go give my kick in the balls to Reed Dowdy for missing that assignment uh, on that block on that block punt that uh, resulted in a touchdown for the Saints. That was pretty costly. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, John. Me? Uh-huh. Oh, you know who my kick in the balls is going to? Who? RG1. Because he didn't even get active for the game. He got supplanted by not one, but two rookies. Two. All right. Cut! Cut! All right, I'm going to give my kick in the balls award to, and this is a little nitpicky. Oh, boy. Here we go with Chris Cooley type kick. Uh-oh. I'm going to give my kicking the balls award to Fred Davis for dropping one or two passes that should have been made. He dropped two. And Chris Cooley would have made those. That's all I'm saying. Aaron said that during the game. One of those, nobody was catching. (laughs) But the other one, yeah, yeah. But I think my response to that was dude, Chris Cooley always dropped one catchable pass every game. Yeah. But Fred Davis, he he dropped two, but he still had 38 yards on the day. He averaged 19 he yards. He did have that nice catch on my second favorite play that of the game. That was a 26-yarder that he had. Yeah, and you can't really say that that one of those where, where RG3 was moving and he was moving and, and, and the pass was was out of his reach. Well, I, my other kick was going to go to Arakpo for missing that interception that would have ended the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. But he played so know, well, that, I couldn't do that. Yeah, dude, yeah. seriously. Anyway, all right, those were nitpicky. Dude, he was slapping balls all during the fourth quarter. Come on now. Those were completely nitpicky, and he was slapping some balls. All right. And now, the coveted and ever-elusive Game Ball Award. All right, Game Balls, take it away, Josh. Uh, I get to go first this time. All right, I'll give my Game Ball to, um, dang, I'm going to give it to Ryan Kerrigan this week. Uh, good on one. defense, um, he good had uh, he had a few tackles. He had that nice the nice sack, delicious quarterback sack, delicious quarterback sack. sack. <laughs> plus plus two additional hits on Drew Brees. He was all over the place. I was hoping to see a pick six. I and, thought he was going to get. I thought uh, he was going to make that interception. You'd be remiss if you didn't bring up that he he drew at least two holding calls, maybe three. Yeah. So those are just as big as sacks. Very, sal- very, very solid game. Very true. So game ball to Brian Kerrigan. Uh, nice work. Excellent. All right, go ahead, John. All right. Um, there are a number of obvious 
uh, a number of people that I could give a game ball to, but I'm, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb and give one to a man that was on the practice squad for every game last year except for game 16, and then suddenly he got thrust into the game after an injury to Pierre Garçon's foot and scored a touchdown, which was the difference in the game. Aldrick Robinson. Aldrick Robinson. He had four receptions for 52 yards on the day. He's fast. Yeah, and a touchdown. He had a long of, uh, long of 29. He was Which shows... It showed that it was a really good thing that they kept him instead of uh, Aaron's dog, Miles Austin. I mean, Terrence Austin. Let me me point out really quickly that Aldrick Robinson was targeted more times than any other receiver in this game. Because he's fast. All right, can we just say that RG3 gets a collective game ball? Absolutely. Because we've already talked enough about why for him. Yeah, yeah. He he gets a collective HHF game ball. I can't. I cannot let this podcast end without giving at least two more game balls. All right, all right. First, Alfred Morris was a beast in his first ever game. Good God. And he wasn't the top second overall pick in the draft. He was a six-rounder that started in his first NFL game and got almost 100 yards, 97 yards on a bunch of carries. And two touchdowns. 28 carries on the day, two touchdowns. He had a long, one long carry of 18 yards. And all of those yards he was fighting hard. And he fought hard. He kept fighting and turning and kicking. I mean, he he looked really good out there. He had, there were no easy yards for him. And my other one has to go to Cedric Griffin for knocking that ball out of the back of the end zone. (laughs) And for D'Angelo Hall for helping the replacement refs know what to call in that situation <laughs> you, know, you know it's funny though when you look at washington's rushing stats this past week but right behind alfred morris was of course rg3 he had nine carries on the day 42 yards he averaged 4.7 yards every time he carried the ball with a long of 12 yards so i mean we talked about did he keep it did he is he not going to keep it well the, the nine times that he carried the ball he had half the amount of yards almost as alfred morris did in 28 carries so that that's uh that yeah. that does something right there. I mean, and I liked the well, fact that they had at least a couple, if not more, the planned keepers. They they were good ones, like plays that were meant for him to keep the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already. Like they're not afraid to run him, but dude can pass. Dude, dude can dude. run and pass. I mean, dude, like Aaron has said. Run and pass. Three hundred and twenty yards dude. passing on today. Nineteen for twenty six. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of the dream team. The Eagles almost got beat by the Browns. The Browns turned the ball over, what, four picks? And the Eagles still took to the last minute to win that game. They threw the ball over 50 times in that game. But they're the dream team, dude. The dream team. Philadelphia soul. All right, dudes, we got to round this roid out. John, you want to do some shout-outs? Uh, quick shout outs. Oh, dude, quick dude, hog slop. Come on, quickly, some hog slop. Do it. We got Cooley. one hog slop. Cooley's getting divorced, man. Chris rough, and Christy. Rough couple of weeks for Chris Cooley. Uh, they announced, I guess, on August 29th, he's getting a divorce after four years. We at Harry Hog Football believe that it was because he nagged Chris, Christy Cooley to send us a thank you note for that uh, napkin ring we sent them when they got married, but she never did. So, they, you know, those we, things we don't end well. We apologize for driving a wedge in the... Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about sorry that, about guys. that, guys. We really apologize. Uh, uh, Shout-outs. Nick the Greek. Dale Grumbles. Ninja Death Stars. David Isaminger. Nightwing 19. Shannies. Glass Eye. Kenny Ken. Kenny. 
Kenny Ken Ken. Kevin Grant, Hat Harrington, Twin Brad, Twins. Richie, Mike Gallagher, Brad Fire, Chris J, David Seda. Um, Kevin Douglas, of course, for bringing that uh, fully information to uh, to light today on Twitter. Yes. And of course, David Lee. David, David Lee. Lee. Legal. And services. the fifth. And the fifth. Will swag. Got a shout out to them. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Everybody else on Twitter, if we missed you, we're sorry. We'll talk to you guys after the Rams game. Hopefully, we'll be 2 0 going into our first home that game. game that, yeah, that game that Aaron and I went to. We need revenge for that. That, that left a bad taste in our mouth. We'll talk to you guys later. Hail to the Redskins. Yeah. And if yeah. you see a Cowboys fan, yeah. play Hail yeah. to the Redskins yeah. for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. 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 Yeah.